What is up, everyone, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be discussing, for the first time of many times to come, Evangelion, Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you're tuning into this and you've come across the show and seen that there's a show called the Evangelion Podcast, welcome. (laughs) I first watched Evangelion in 2003 in a musty house in Townsville with my friends Josie, Shelley and my sister Valentina. It was the first time I ever, you know, really connected, I think, in a huge way, in a sort of deep way. Um, with an anime, I mean, before that there was Pokemon, before that there was Dragon Ball back in Italy, where I lived for a couple of years, Um, and with the imagery in Evangelion with lots of the sort of Christian, you know, crucifixes and stuff like that, um, it kind of tapped into my experience living in Italy for that brief amount of time with the sort of religiosity of it all. Um, My dad is German. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, Asuka is German, and there's a presence of um, the, that language and that terminology, uh, Nerv and Sila, you know. So that's in my blood. And I, while in Townsville, as muggy as it was, as I remember, I'm rem- remembering it quite fondly um, right now as I kind of cast my mind back. I was learning Japanese very intensely. Um, I actually got up to, I would probably say, a pre-beginner stage where I could kind of get by. Um, I love the language. Uh, I love especially the traditional culture of Japan. And my hope is uh, to go back. I, I went briefly for like literally like five days in 2016 for the first time. Um, as in entered the country when you're a kid, you know, you're um, on flights and stuff. And in like maybe 1999, I stopped by Japan in the airport. And I just remember those amazing um, koala shaped cookies that they have, like the chocolate filled cookies. Um, I just want to say, folks, if you have lived in a city, um, you know, <laughs> Shinji, like what he goes through obviously with that intense stuff uh it's like almost like evangelion is a show of two realities there's the you know judeo-christian philosophically charged esoteric occultastic um chambers of goof you know angel sakiel liliel you know all these beautiful names in this terminology this this very and and you know not just imagery uh it really dives into some real valid like questions about selfhood and psychology and existentialism beautiful but also it is this uh in a self-aware in a self-aware way um just a story of a kid who's moved into a new city and started a new job and living in an apartment you know so i love that that sort of dualistic aspect of evangelion um and uh, you know, I, I suppose maybe humans are wired this way, but I can't help but attach some of my, yeah, some of my, you know, if I'm thinking about back then, 
2003 when I first encountered it, obviously Townsville's not like a big city. Um, but uh, in 2008, when I revisited it, um, after my army accident and stuff, uh, when I had gotten super additionally existential, I was living in the city, living in Sydney in particular, and Sydney and Tokyo, I believe, are sister cities. And um, I developed a... It's very inexplicable. It's very... I call it an Amelieism. But basically, I have such fond memories of... Um, kind of convalescing after my army accident in Sydney uh, with the presence of Evangelion there in some way. I think we had the DVDs there. And, and you know, I would love for people to write in. You're more than welcome to. You can either um, write into just theevangelionpodcast at gmail.com or just go directly to my main site, which is albertkesser.com forward slash contact. Um, I'd love to hear what your mood is and all of the associated vibes and settings and you know even music or food that's for you associated with the Genesis Evangelion for me for example in 2003 as Josie and Shelley if they're listening to this might attest uh, every time we went to Josie's house to watch some more Neon Genesis um, it was all about the McCain pizza <laughs> so four minutes in the microwave you want to you don't want to go crispy or anything. You want that to be, oh man, juicy. You know what I mean? Juicy. So, yeah, that's what you want. <laughs> juicy and drippy and like almost like mushy, you know. Um, yeah, Neo Genesis is, it provides relief to itself within its own show. Like there's a beautiful sense of um, uh self-awareness to the whole thing like it knows when it has gotten intense it knows when it's time to just hang out with pen pen and just hang out in the uh in the apartment you know um honestly folks like think of like long-lasting relationships and stuff um it goes the same with media and entertainment and art is you stick around when the thing has basically got all your bases covered so evangelion is this universal thing and not I don't see it in a, a fanboyish way I don't I think to come at things from a fanboyish angle is actually undervalues them and it, it heaves so it piles on their worth uh, dependent on the person's subjectivity and for me that's the furthest thing from with Evangelion it is objectively extremely well made extremely well written well realized incredibly uniquely um you know, conceptualized and executed and, yeah, simply beautiful. For me, my heart will always belong to the original 26. I love End of Evangelion unto itself um, as a optional addendum. Uh, my headcanon, uh, some people like to kind of leave it in that sort of um, space of, you know, who knows what. But for me, uh, Third Impact was prevented and the original intention of the ending of... Um, uh, <laughs> well, let me see. I don't know. Like, uh, should I give spoiler warnings, I guess, for some people out there? Um, needless to say, I think if you're listening to this, you have either watched the whole series or are considering doing so. If you haven't, um, you know, what's great is you wouldn't know what on earth I'm talking about, so there's no real spoilers in any case. But yeah, I dare say you wouldn't be listening to uh, an Evangelion podcast um, 
if you were, you know... Then again, I don't want to assume. Maybe you're completely fresh. In either case, I will always presage spoilers. But um, um, yeah, so for my, again, spoiler warning, etc. Um, yeah, my belief is that uh, the integrity of that original 26 episodes is what stands and is the most primary, you know, unaffected canon, which is, yeah, it ended after 26. Um, when killing Kaoru, um, that's it. Like, third impact prevented to me. You know, and the rest of what happened in his mind of like, why did you kill him? Why? That's just him processing this, you know, unfortunate thing he had to do, but also extremely fortunate because he saved the world. And there's a, um, you know, him struggling to, to reconcile what he's done for the betterment of mankind um, and the sacrifice that be, must be made because there is a death that needs to happen when you commit yourself to the world and it is the death of solitude it's the death of depression the death of isolationism and the death of uh, getting lost in subjectivity um, and this leads me into why I uh, value Neon Genesis Evangelion not just as a series of you know in that entertainment and art sphere but as a beautiful basis and very valid and almost if I were to say it would edge out right like 51 49 for me it's 51 for me about the dialogues that this can open and i say this um i said it in a comment recently someone was making like a joke post about uh you know oh, i'm gonna face my depression face my depression and then there's a picture of shinji being like the suit is hard and i just commented look um uh you know don't like i know this is a joke post but just want to put this out there to anyone is depression is a fog a gray fog and i speak from experience that desperately wants you to believe that it is a concrete wall that if you reached out um it would just be this impossible thing but in fact as with the fog when you reach out your hand goes the way through and then your forearm and then your shoulder and then you step through it and onto the other side and that fog never disappears like we we get fog it's like a it's like a weather condition uh, it is and that's internal as well like depression rolls along like fog and to live permanently in depression is as illusory and as false and as impossible um as um living in fog forever so please never let uh you know that um notion of depression of you being depressed like you're never we are not fog we witness fog we move through fog but it's as ridiculous as saying like oh i'm fog i am fog it's like no no you you are going through fog <laughs> okay fog isn't you you're fine um and another great thing is you know fog is this thing uh that is um an atmospheric condition um takes place usually when it's cold and guess what your blood pumping through you right now um gives you an inherent a warmth that you don't even have to work for that you don't have to do anything it's just this inherent warmth and light to you so yeah that's important to know and you know you know people might be like wow your show going on about this is like it bears it bears saying and it bears coming back to and reiterating uh, throughout life so i wanted to touch on that too um my connection to evangelion is also wrapped up in kojima as well so um and also in Legendary's Monsterverse as well, with uh, via Jordan Roberts. All of these are kind of form one giant vibe family. Um, I recorded 70 episodes of 
Kojima-themed podcasts uh, of this uh, chronicle, which, um, if you're wondering, I record basically what comes truest to me to speak about, and then that goes on just one giant eclectic feed with everything on it, which is just the Albert Kessler podcast, and then anything that has a core um, theme to it, a consistent subject matter, which in this case will be Evangelion for this one, that goes on to a separate feed uh, for your convenience, you know. So this one will just be anchor.fm Evangelion, and you'll be able to find it everywhere as the Evangelion podcast. Um, but I guess we can talk about the Vibe family um, a bit later on, I guess. Uh, but yeah, Death Stranding, I, I covered it. Uh, there's some similar notions of, you know, uh, the fabric and this of reality being changed and realms and uh, creatures that would normally have remained in their own dimensions and distances away from Earth uh, are brought to us, which, you know, it shares DNA with Evangelion there. Um, reluctant protagonist definitely shares, um, you know, and that's with Joseph Campbell's, you know, refusal of the call. That's a classic kind of mythological um, attribute for these stories. Um, but... Uh, it's honestly, folks, like if you're listening to this and you're, have, first of all, if you haven't seen Evangelion, um, the, another, I'll mention this. So another uh, member of the Evangelion vibe family is Kubrick. And I would, I would actually compare and, and hold them as peers and equals to each other. Evangelion and 2001 A Space Odyssey, I, I, I see them as equal to each other um, for what each are able to achieve with what they had, um, and some interesting prescience stuff, you know, they say that, you know, um, Death Stranding had this interesting kind of uh, prescience to it about COVID, um, the, wow, like the, the fear, the, the, the fear of Tokyo 3, of, of, of angel attacks, and the idea of being, literally, the, the city is shrinking into the earth, uh, I there's no wonder I was drawn, I think, back to kind of watching it and re-immersing into it, especially during the end of last year. It felt truly apocalyptic. Like, I felt um, that at any time, bombs could drop. Like, it, it felt really tense. It felt very, you know, end of Evangelion-y. Um, but thankfully, you know, we are not singing our last pre-LCL, you know, um, <laughs> elegy. <laughs> Uh, we've we've managed to survive so far, but um, but yeah, I figured I'd also mention what the podcast is going to be going forward with um, when I do the Evangelion theme podcast. I will stitch together and create the Evangelion podcast. Um, I love analysis and I love speculation and discussion, and they just sort of it's a byproduct of um, my engagement and relationship with these properties that I value so much, and uh, that. It's just something that sort of pours out of me. And um, what I also love doing is um, having some material in front of me, commenting on it, using that for tangents, and just kind of going from there. And then basically just creating, if you've seen Twin Peaks, it's just creating this audio log, which uh, then, um, you know, if people resonate with it and connect with it, that makes me happy. And if that adds to your life, then it makes me even happier. So that's lovely as an incidental thing. Um Another member, now that I'm just on a roll, really, so other members of the Evangelion Vibe family are 
Mega64, <laughs> who are very kindred to me. Uh, I value and every one of them. Uh, from the crew, you know, you got your Kevin and Johnny, uh, you know, making the on the ones and zeros, as they say. And you got the main guys, you got Garrett and Sean and Derek and Rocker, who just did this amazing, oh, incredible, like, came coming directly from, like, the passion of, of these artists and the, yeah the satirists of course but they're artists as well and uh the uh evangelion in five minutes is just please go watch it oh my lord like <laughs> you know for a good laugh as well and then when watch that documentary it's just just brings a smile to your face and um you know yeah please do i highly recommend it and the idea is down the line to chime in with them and see if they each uh, of the primarily Evangelion-leading uh, members of the troupe, which are uh, Rocco and Garrett, uh, to have them both or individually, uh, or either of them on the show via Zoom, to just riff things out about uh, the rebuilds, you know. My status with the rebuilds, I am, believe it or not, this is how <laughs> kind of I'm setting out. Don't worry, like, that's going to be part of what the show will be. Um, I'm actually about 20 minutes into the first rebuild film, haven't seen the rest. And I know, yeah, don't worry, guys. Like, I know they're like, oh, wait, what? you haven't even got a podcast and you haven't seen it. It's like, no, no, no. Hey, it's the OG. I, I start, my heart is always in. And the, by the way, that, that those 26 are endlessly rewatchable. If that's all we ever got, I'd be making the podcast all the same. Uh, it just so happens that in a beautiful way, um, uh, I hold Evangelion to be the example of artistry being untouched by commercialism, and yet the two coexisting so beautifully. Uh, the integrity, the artistic and philosophical and uh, creative, and uh, yet yeah, all kinds of yet yeah, the artistic integrity of Evangelion is not impacted for me by the fact that you can get like Lance of Longinus tweezers or whatever. Like it doesn't matter; they exist. Uh, symbiotically with each other separately very separate you know but symbiotically and i love that it's very inspiring and i think uh mega 64 uh take some of their cues merchandising wise from that i certainly do with mine i uh create patterns that i put on my work based on um, my own interpretation of the real world phenomena of morphogenesis um it is essentially the manner through which nature creates all of her patterns and it's this electromagnetic um, phenomenon that uh, makes it so that you know capillaries and um, you know, like as in, in the human body arc and course and create themselves along the same electrical predestined path as lightning through the sky or the way that branches and twigs spread from branches so that's all that one common electricity and my patterns are an exploration of that kind of infinite field which in and this leads me to the second aspect of what I do creatively is the quantum myth, uh, is this uh, fictional universe I'm developing. And within that, at the very origin of that um, universe, and this is again in line with our own world, is um, uh, there is a time before time, existence before existence, etc. And there is a field, and this field is the ever-shaping. And all forms of whatever would follow in terms of human history, uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, because I'm human, but, you know, cosmogony, anything in the universe is completely predestined by this extant, infinitely varying and existing in all dimensions of time, space, already predetermined. But because it's invisible, we think that it's invention. We think that things are happening 
for the first time, but it's all predestined, and that ties into my love for Evangelion's themes of cyclical repetition. Um, and so that's what my patterns are, is they are, sure, they look like I'm just sort of making them, but my belief is that even the words I'm saying, even the next actions you take are all to some degree in some from some perspective predestined by uh, the fact that like you're able to kind of glide your hand from your body in one kind of steady movement and arc it's like that those atoms that your arm just filled as it traversed through this in in space like those were already there in some dimension so and that's where the ever shaping kind of takes place and so as you can see i'm i'm very in my own sphere creatively uh so wrapped up in um origins like cosmic um and religious feeling i wouldn't say entirely religious but religious feeling um aspects of entertainment and art like in the quantum myth there's the one being Sitar, who is um feminine and masculine you know and we see a lot of feminine and masculine themes in evangelion um you know all of the children you know the, the pilots uh and it is a lot about how shinji discovers his masculinity and 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 navigates and incorporates the powerful feminine forces around him um and and lets them kind of and yeah that deference to the feminine which i i have i have great um uh yeah throughout history throughout politics certainly and in nature like deference to the feminine and the recognition of the feminine as void as that which we emerge from as in womb and that which we return to which is tomb you know um yeah if not to get crass but it's just symbologically true if uh all of existence is just ones and zeros as it is in the digital realm ones are penises as in like the male and the circle shape is the feminine you know and in fact like sperms like little little swimmers they look like ones and then the egg look like it looks like a zero and so it takes both for the whole universe to tango but um there's no question that behind the backdrop is feminine and so when again spoilers for end of evangelion but when ray is ascending it's crazy my fiance's name is ray r-a-y instead of r-e-y but uh I'll, I'll have to bring her into the show she hasn't seen it yet I, i'd love for her to watch it um very very worthwhile concepts that i'm sure she'd resonate with but um but yeah that 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 idea of you know hey it's just wait she's just waiting just like nature we could we say mother nature so she's waiting to reclaim things and you know shinji in some of the early episodes mentions yeah the cicadas allowed it because nature has reclaimed them and um there's a there's a whole branch of um i think there's a phobia even tied into it but it's the fear of the envelopment into the feminine like fear of vaginas or whatever i think uh, um hr giga tapped into this too it's like it's like we came from that we don't want to go back to it kind of thing and it's like you have to recognize that that that's what will eventually happen we will dissipate and return to um yeah like omniform like 360 will just scatter our atoms will just rejoin with eternity and stuff you know um and so that's why i mean actually initially was pretty against even in the end of evangelion because i don't like the idea of a creator being pressured or threatened but um i'd have been able to tell it's almost like you can just tell like a bullshit detector is did this come from him feeling pressured like as it is and yeah there may have been a prompt there for him to do it but the thing as it is is not it's like the fucking complete opposite of wanting to give them you know that sort of um 
I don't know if he cast the his detractors in a certain way, but let's just say maybe a, a good measure of his detractors were the people who just wanted more. I want more ever fights, and I want uh, blah blah blah. All this like um, sort of stereotypical resolution, and um, end of Evangelion is a gigantic fuck you to any kind of stereotypical conventional uh, archetypical resolution. It is it is the the end of all things in, in a beautiful poetic frightening terrifying solace springing way and some people yeah like it's loose you know that you can interpret it as you know some people say it's the third impact but happening on the outside whereas for shinji it's happening on the inside for me um it's just a, a pleasant addendum which is quasi canon to me for me again it's just i'm happy for the to know that the original series ended with Shinji doing it, he pulled it off, it just happened to end in a very existential, in a monologue kind of way, but if there was no uproar, they wouldn't have made any more, and it just would have been, that's it, he, he did it, question mark, but then I think there's a huge amount of evidence to say that he did pull it off with, um, you know, once he prevented, and that's a beautiful, uh, think of that in movies, you know, the idea of in, like, Mission Impossible is like, you pull it off with one second left on the timer, like, it's consistent with that, with a, with an optimistic ending, it's just extremely, you know, impression, like, uh, avant-garde and, you know, um, abstract at the end, but it's, for me, it's, I read it, I know it's up to interpretation, and I know that Tsurukara and Anno, Sama, and I say that, like, fully fucking respectfully, and I'm not a fucking... I don't... I, like, by the way, I do not fucking watch other anime, and I stopped studying Japanese, fuck, like, ten, ten years ago, so... I just can't not say these people's names with, like, the fucking due respect that they have, like, that they've earned. Um, and they continue to earn, like, Ueda, I do, uh, Fumitu Ueda, um episodes based on his works and that those are collected as the Ueda podcast I also do the same for Kojima um, I tend to decide whether or not it's like so oh why not call it Anno podcast but for me it's a uh, you have to look across the filmography really and with Del Toro for example um, I actually have two I have the Del Toro then the Pacific Rim and the Monsterverse uh, I just found that there, all these outlets were available and I was able to you know, create little hubs for each thing, but um, but with Evangelion, um, speaking of hubs, speaking of the you know the amounts of things that we can dive into, it's really going to be a thrill over time to to you know pull up an article on so and so aspect of uh, Judaism or so and so aspect of Christianity uh, or the making of the um, episodes themselves, or there's just so much, and and there's such a devoted. Um, and academically inclined and s scholarly fan base um, and community that I, I will have no ever ever won't ever have any shortage of aspects and angles to dive into so but uh, yeah to keep this one just under the 30 minutes because I just wanted it to be this introductory kind of um, yeah sort of uh, riff on, on what the show is going to be um, yeah for me, it's, yeah, like, to give you my, whatever, Evangelion profile is, like, NG all the way, original 26. For me, it's not too interpretable that, yeah, he pulled it off, and that's that. And the Evangelion is this fucking astonishingly beautiful, violent, ooh, like, you know, just from that first scene, it's just, like, the anime equivalent of a fuck you, you know? Um, but, yeah, so to look back, what I was saying is, yeah, so Anno, like, um, it's just that he... would 
like ever is, is like the main thing that he's made like um that i resonate with so then that's why and like with new like i had uh, neil gaiman going for a while but then i was like well i think the main thing really that i resonate with him and this is case by case you know um sometimes you'll go with the, like hidetaka miyazaki for example i resonate with so much of what he does so i've just i have that show just on its own uh for bloodborne uh you know elden ring and stuff and those are all going to have separate sub shows again because I, I really care about that courtesy to the listeners if they, if they only want to listen to one particular topic they're more than welcome to just go to that one feed and i can just provide that courtesy because it's i actually don't mind the admin in fact i think i was born strange because i love admin so you know, wherever I need to repost things for people to have just the things they're interested in, more than happy to do that. So, um, but yeah, so I'm look really, really, really looking forward to. Uh, um, uh, obviously, I'll finish my rebuild watch, uh, and then comes the and that that'll probably be uh, form a few of the upcoming episodes is just to kind of give you my thoughts on each of the rebuilds um, leading up to when the film. When film four comes out, you know, thrice upon a time, and obviously I'll be speculating along the way of uh, what um, awaits Evangelion. And I personally think that PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X, you know, PC as a next-gen uh, third-person, I I would love open world. We'll see how we go though. Something with scenes and dialogue and sensibilities that evoke god of war but on an evangelion scale would be beautiful um that really is yeah and then also i am you're gonna hear me you are gonna hear me talking about the very real and beautiful possibility of a, a denis villeneuve directed evangelion um live action because it does belong in that realm uh shin godzilla proved that there's this mood and this sense that cinematic you know real like live action sensibility to Anno and I would love my my dream I'm gonna stand up actually to say it is, is to see Anno on set with Villeneuve one day you know so but that's 30 minutes folks so have a lovely rest of your um evening day any time of day <laughs> and um God's in his heaven all's right with the world and until next time bye for now